Good Shepherd Sermon for Sunday, February 25th, 2024. Pastor Paul Talbert. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and School is located in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, in the United States. Our mission is simple and bold. We seek to grow in faith and knowledge of our Savior Jesus. We want to make him known to others so they too might share in the joy Jesus won for them. Here's Pastor. The day the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. You're going to be seeing on the screen pretty soon. There it is. Want to back up one, please? Thank you. This is Bible reading. And you see that in your, uh, in your worship folder, I only went from verse 7 through 11. But I want you to see the whole thing because of how God has this whole section set up. He starts off, Now that we have been made right with God by putting our trust in him, we have peace with him. It is because... Back up one, please. One too far. It is because of what our Lord Jesus Christ did for us. By putting our trust in God, he has given us his loving favor and has received us. We're happy for the hope we have of sharing the shining greatness of God. We're glad for our troubles also. We know that troubles help us learn not to give up. When we have learned not to give up, it shows we have stood the test. When we have stood the test, it gives us hope. Hope never makes us ashamed because the love of God has come into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We were weak and could not help ourselves. Then Christ came at the right time and gave his life for all sinners. No one is willing to die for another person, but for a good man, someone might be willing to die. But God showed his love to us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Now that we have been saved from the punishment of sin by the blood of Christ, he will save us from God's anger also. We hated God, but we were saved from the punishment of sin by the death of Christ. He has brought us back to God. We will be saved by his life. Not only that, we give thanks to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have been brought back to God. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our defender. Amen. Today we're going to be looking at this part of God's word underneath the theme of our confidence is in Christ. He paid for the consequences and he kept God's promise. Our confidence is in Christ. We might run into a problem. In life, we have one bad thing after another bad thing after another bad thing after another bad thing. This last week, I've run into a number of people who've had deaths come 
intruding into their families, into their loved ones, into their friends. And death is an in-your-face reminder the wages of sin is death. So whenever that happens and whenever troubles happen, you and I have a tendency to remember, oh, we are sinners. And it may be that Satan will tempt you to think, maybe you've blown it too bad. Maybe God can't take you back because you knew better and you sinned anyway and you were all full of yourself, and you weren't thinking about anybody else, and all of a sudden, could God ever forgive a sinner like me? The Apostle Paul, I'm sure, was tempted to think like that many, many times. The Apostle Paul had made it his life's mission to get rid of Christians. Not only did he hate God, the true God, but he hated people who were following Jesus. And so he would go into their homes, yank them out, put them into prison, and then wait for them to be stoned to death. When the Lord caught him and turned him around and brought him back to himself, his whole life changed. That didn't mean Satan stopped bothering him. He, the Apostle Paul, was just like you and me. He was a sinner just like you and me. He had a pretty good memory. And he probably remembered all the heartache that he caused God's people. There's no way he could go back and undo that damage. So Satan was probably tempting him just like Satan is tempting you and me to say, yeah, you're a waste of God's breath. There is no time to turn back. Just give it up. So the Apostle Paul was the one that God chose to write this letter, letter to the Romans. They never met him. He knew about them, and they knew about him. But more importantly, they shared and knew and trusted in Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, Take up your pen. My Holy Spirit's going to give you my words. Next, please. The first thing is to address what is the problem. So he says, we have peace. And then look at all the different things just in this section. Our Lord Jesus Christ gave his life. Christ died for us. The blood of Christ covers us. The death of Christ was in our place. So it's not that God is saying, yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm kind of like grandpa's, you know, just kind of, it's okay. I'll, I'll just wink at that. No, no, no. Sin has to be paid for. The wrath of God is about to be poured out on the entire universe because Adam and Eve defied God. In their arrogance, they thought they could be like God. And they've given birth to a whole bunch of arrogant little brats, some of whom are sitting in the pew in front of me, some of whom are standing in front of you. We are by nature children of wrath. That's what we have to look forward to. But God, in his great mercy, did that. We have peace. Jesus gave his life. Christ died for us. The blood of Christ covers us. The Apostle Paul needed to be reminded of that, 
You need to be reminded that. I need to be reminded of that. Every sin you have ever done, every sin you've done already this morning, every sin you're going to do all the rest of this week and the rest of your life has been paid for. It's a huge cost. The lifeblood of God's only son. But he willingly stepped into history. He willingly became one of us. Because he loves us. Next. He kept God's promises. It says, we were saved from the punishment of sin. He brought us back to God. We're saved by his life. And through him, we've been brought back to God. Again and again and again, the Lord says, I want you to see this. Yes, your sin was great. Yes, it deserved eternal punishment. Yes, I, by nature, I could not stand to be in your presence at all. I would have had to destroy you. But you need to understand my love is greater than your sin. It's more solid than mountains. It's higher than heaven. My love for you started before I created heavens and earth. I loved you so much. The Holy Spirit did his thing and gave Jesus Christ knit together in the womb of the Virgin Mary, your Savior. I love you so much that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, and I split open heaven so you could see that I loved him. And Jesus went to a cross. He gathered up every naughty thing you've ever said or done, everything you've ever written or posted, everything that was against him was nailed in his body to the cross, Jesus says. A big price. But then he was raised to life again. And then we're told that the first words out of his mouth are peace. Your sins are forgiven. You tell anybody their sins are forgiven, they're forgiven. The disciples had a hard time understanding that. So I'm telling you right now, your sins are forgiven. Oh, pastor, you don't know what I've done. I don't have to know what you've done. God knows what you've done. And it's worse than you ever thought. And God loves you in spite of your sin. And bled out for you in spite of your sin. And came back to life so that you would know it's enough. He's got you covered. It says we were saved. It's a done deal. You have been justified. You don't have to, first of all, clean up your life and then make it good with God. No. God's washed you. He's brought you into his family of faith. And he says, you're mine. I don't want anything to get in between us. I don't have to do anything. Not a thing. We live in a culture that says, that can't be true. I have to be, I have to do something. And God says, no, I have done it for you. My son stepped into history. He died for you. He gave you his forgiveness 
and now you're set free. So the question is, how do you live? Now that you've been freed from a sure and certain death, how do you live? The Apostle Paul, a couple chapters from now, says, well, you don't go back to the old way. That led to death. You don't want to go back in the, into the pig pen now that God has washed you clean. So what do you do? You watch what comes out of your mouth. You say things to encourage and build up others in their faith. If somebody that you know does not know who Jesus is, love them enough to say, I have a lifesaver that will keep you out of hell. And you need to hang on to it. And when they say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know, throw it at them anyway. Let them hang on to it with the strength that God gives. We serve such an amazing God. This is what he promises, to work with our words so that his Holy Spirit will work repentance, crush people's hearts, and bring them back to life. I, I, you run out of words to describe you. The Lord says that after we've been brought back, well, he, he says, we give thanks to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to him. How do you do that? Well, if, uh, if a husband wants to say thank you to his wife, he might say, hi, honey, thank you. Or he might give her flowers. Or he might write a little poem for her. Or send her a card. Or sit next to her and just put his arm around her. Or stand next to her. Or let her go first through a door. There's all sorts of ways that a husband can show love to his wife. How can a wife show that same kind of thing to her husband? She can talk him up. She can brag about her husband. She can uphold him in a world that is dead set on making sure that he goes away from God. She can commend him for being a godly man in a world that is not godly. She can respect how he leads her and takes care of the family. He can, she can do all those things to show that kind of love that she has for her husband. Parents, how can you show your love for God with your kids? You can remember that children are given to you for a short time. A short time. And during that short time, the Lord says, he gives them to parents so they can train them to get to know him. So how's that going? Well, I, I don't have children, Pastor. God has put you into a family of faith. There are children here. How are you helping those families? And children, as long as we're talking about parents and children, how are you showing love to your mom and dad, your grandma and grandpa? How are you doing that? Are you showing that, boy, I really appreciate that God has put you in my life? No. What happens is we have a hard time. Children, we have a hard time showing love and respect to God unless we first keep in mind that of all the people on the planet, God chose mom and dad 
to be in charge of me. And not me physically, my soul. So if I have a mom and a dad or a grandma and a grandpa who so much loves me that they care for my soul, that they want my soul forever in heaven at Jesus' side, that kind of changes how I interact with them. I might fall down from time to time, but the neat thing about a Christian set of godly parents and grandparents is the child always knows that they are trying really hard to mimic how God forgives. And the parent who's really working hard to raise the children and, and blows it every now and then, they know that they are working underneath God the Father who really loves to forgive. God forgave us. God said, you are innocent. God said, you're free. God said, there is nothing for you to be worried about. Your relationship with me is rock solid. How do you show that to others? Do that this week. In Jesus' name, amen.